This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. On the Monday show, we told you about some track and field records falling. Well, a women's golf record fell yesterday. Great start to the spring for Erica Brennan's team that will give you details on here shortly. We'll also tell you where the women's basketball team landed in the new AP Top 25 and where a member of both the men's and women's teams landed on the weekly honor roll. Also, a little bit of a small issue that I might have had with who was the freshman of the week in the conference, but we'll get there in just a little bit. In our second segment, we'll get to plenty of softball interviews, three different pitchers, Lexi Kopko, a transfer, Gabriella Nori, along with Peyton Dixon, who was hurt last year as a freshman, and Jordan Cadlib, who could have been a pitcher but is now an outfielder for the Bulls in her fifth year. And she will follow Peyton Dixon. You'll understand why. When we get there, you're also going to hear from Bobby Boser of the baseball team. Remember, softball season begins in just a couple of days. Yours truly will be on the microphone on Thursday night as the Bulls play Michigan. And we'll be back for both games on Friday against Boston College and BU. Saturday against St. Joe's and Illinois State. We won't be doing the Sunday game against the Florida Gators because women's basketball is playing at the same time. But we'll be doing plenty of games for you from the softball diamond here on USF Bulls Unlimited and on the Strike 1025 HD2 when two teams are playing at once. Saturday night's a pretty good example because while the fifth game of the weekend for the softball team is going on, the men on the basketball court will be up in Cincinnati. Before we tell you about the incredible round for women's golf on a 36-hole Monday, we'll give you a couple of interviews to look out for notes on Wednesday afternoon. And could have been sooner, but as you can tell by my voice, I've been I'm fine now, but still just you know, 99% of it's gone a little bit under the weather and didn't exactly want to you know stick my microphone in somebody else's face. So wanted to wait until Wednesday to record some interviews. And on Wednesday morning, we're going to be talking to track and field head coach. Eric Jenkins, whose team has just been turning in some phenomenal results. Great video they put out on Monday night of the school record pole vault by Kobe Babin. Also on Wednesday afternoon, Billy Mole is going to be speaking with the assembled media, and I will be part of said assembly, so we make sure and grab that interview for you. Of course, we had a chance to talk to a lot of members of his team a few weeks back, but the head coach himself will be speaking. I imagine that Ken Erickson will be made available before the first game of the softball season, if not I will just nudge on over to him and make sure that I get some of his words before we get the season started. And the first game, again, is just a couple of days away. On to women's golf beginning the spring season down in Boca Raton after a very strong fall that saw the Bulls. They had one rough outing at the Lady Paladin Invitation, 15th place out of 18 teams. Then they turn around and put up three straight third-place finishes at events in Virginia Beach, Tulsa and Coral Gables against pretty solid fields. So how would they start off the spring at the FAU Paradise Invitational? Only with a program record score of 277. That was 11 under par. And the Bulls have a pretty solid trio at the top. Melanie Green, the junior, who made it to the NCAA tournament last year. Elise Vidal, who made it to the NCAA tournament as an individual last year at Kennesaw State. And Lauren Heinlein, who was actually born in Dunedin, went to high school in Ocala and spent her first four years in college at Kansas University, is now a bull. Well, in the fall season, they were the top 
Scores for the team, all very solid performers. Melanie Green averaged a round of 70.75, but Heinlein and Vidal in the 73 range with both of them scoring seven rounds of par or better out of 15 basically half the time. Well, they were much better than par in this situation. Melanie Green, a six under par 66, birdied five of the first seven holes that she played. She started on the fifth hole at the Osprey Point Golf Club again, six under par. The four under was turned in by Heinlein. She started on the eighth hole and is actually even through her first six before birdieing three of the next four, three of the last four on the actual course, and finishing up with a birdie on the par three seventh. Fidel, though finishing with a bogey, did have a string of her four birdies in a stretch of six holes. So that's a pretty good group right there. And then the final score on the team was turned in as a two over par by Juliana Camargo, the sophomore from Columbia, who was the fourth leading scorer for the team in the fall. She shot a two over par. So program record should have you in first place, except for Vanderbilt is the top 20 team in the field and was just two shots better than the Bulls. And then there was a seven-shot drop-off to Nebraska, the other top 50 team in the field at 47. USF enters rank 68th. Well, they did slip in the second round from an 11-under-par score to a two-over-par score. That allowed Nebraska to surge ahead, but just by one shot. So entering today, the final round, they played 36 holes on Monday. Vanderbilt looks in control at 22-under-par. Then Nebraska at 10-under, USF 9-under. Then a six-shot drop-off to the host FAU, and the only other school under par in the 14-team field is one under par, Missouri. Vidal's old school, by the way, Kennesaw State, is also in this field, entering Tuesday tied for seventh with BYU at five over par. As far as any conference teams go, none that are currently in the American, but one future squad, UTSA, 10 over, putting them, the Roadrunners, in ninth place. As far as the second round went, Fidel was the only bull under par. She shot a three under par 69, and that was with a double bogey mixed in, but a bunch of birdies outside of that, no other bogeys for Alize. Even par turned in by Melanie Green in the second round. Then you had two over for Heinlein, and then the last score that counted for the team, technically it was either Juliana Camargo or Emma Kim, who got the start Interesting to note, and this is always tough when you've got a deep roster, Leo, Leonel Maderos, one of the absolute treats to deal with and a fantastic golfer as well. She's in the event as an individual, which means she didn't make the starting lineup. Well, this can happen, sure enough. Her overall score would have actually had her fourth on the team, Green and Vidal, both tied for fourth entering the day at six under par individually. Green was the leader after 18 holes. Then Heinlein tied for 13th at two under par entering Tuesday. Maderos actually in the top 25 at one over par. But as far as actual strokes that she would have given the team, had she been in the starting lineup compared to who was in it, three strokes difference. So technically the Bulls would be in second place by a couple of shots. But like I said, you can always second guess why would you not have had this person in the starting lineup? First of all, if you have a deep team, someone good's going to be left out of the starting lineup. Secondly, they have these things called challenger rounds, and you earn your way into the starting lineup. The Bulls have a deep roster is the main point of that. Incidentally, Vanderbilt's individual golfer was coming into Tuesday ranked 34th in the field of more than 75 golfers. So again, Vandy, the top team there. And for a little spell, the Bulls were ahead of them. But hey, if they can finish right behind them, that will be a successful start to the spring season. It's been a pretty successful start to the 
conference season, I would say, for women's basketball, perhaps understating it just a touch there, as they are perfect, 11-0. and And on Monday, two things, the weekly honors for the conference, along with the Associated Press rankings. The AP poll has the Bulls up one spot to number 24. The three teams ahead of them all plummeted after having two losses, Iowa State, NC State, and Gonzaga. And there is a big gap between the team right behind the Bulls in the last spot in the poll, 25th-ranked Colorado, and the 26th-ranked team. Whereas before, from 23 to, say, just outside the poll, a few spots was a pretty big jumble. Now it goes Bulls with 98 points. A couple weeks ago, they had less than 20 points. So basically, they're in everybody's top 25 that votes on this thing. Then Colorado, 81. And the first team out of the rankings, Baylor, is at 29. So there's a big drop-off there. Middle Tennessee State was the team that dropped out of the poll because they got beat twice. So the Bulls are looking good in that set of rankings. And speaking of rankings, still number one, as she has been for a couple of weeks now, atop the chart as far as three-pointers made is Sammy Puises. And especially for her work last Tuesday at home against East Carolina, she was on the weekly honor roll. They swallow up Asensio, but to get it to Puises, drives the lane. That was a beautiful move. Real subtle fake of the three, and Pui for two for the first time today. It's 50 to 36. <laughs> right, they're so afraid of her three now, right? The, the defender stands up just because they're trying to get in her face, and really good hesitation by Puises. Asensio stays out there, and East Carolina stays back a little bit for a second, gives Asensio a chance to look around. Puises cuts sharply to get the handoff. Now gets it right back to a point guard. Looking for she her. There the she is. There line. She There's is. the quick pass to the right side. We've been talking about it all day. And Pui for three on the open three. Her fifth make of the day. That is a tough defense, boy. If you slow up a little, they're going to have their hands in your dribble, which is what happened. But they didn't turn it over. They get it over to Puisis from the left side. Sammy Puisis is doing her thing. And that's bad news if you're the East Carolina Pirates. It is 58-42. Johansson gets battled for the rebound and holds on to it. Now up to Puisis for the record. There it is. Sammy Puisis sets her career mark with her seventh main three. And 23 points. Bulls have their largest lead. It's 63-44. to What a game that was. And you hate to get greedy, but she should have been, all right, I'll let Layla Blair for Houston have it. She had a big 25-point game and led their comeback, Houston, which is tied for second place. They were down 14. They beat Temple. But Puises, quote-unquote, only scored 14 against SMU Saturday. If she had had another 20, she would have been the player of the week. The Bulls have had the player of the week in the conference half the time, six out of the first 12 weeks. But Puises, as we highlighted on yesterday's show, and I don't think, and I don't want to be one of these people that nitpick and you know tweet at the conference on every little thing, but in their description of what she did on the story at theamerican.org, it does not mention her career-high 11 rebounds against SMU, nor her career-high five assists in the same game. Clearly, she was huge in that game while playing the entire 40 minutes. That's been another thing about the big three for the Bulls, their minutes played, except in a rare blowout, such as the ones they enjoyed against UCF and East Carolina in conference play. They have been playing so many minutes just in conference play, Elena Chinecki, Sammy Puisis, and Dulcie Fankamengiadu all averaged between 34 and a half and 36 minutes per game. That is a ton. There's some full 40s in there, including Puisis, who was on the American Athletic Conference weekly honor roll against SMU. Saw this coming. Hate to use the word feared this coming, but considering what happened in the head-to-head matchup between the Bulls, you know, freshmen like Carla Brito and Marina Asensio, and East Carolina's Amaya Joyner, who... No doubt is a heralded recruit and great talent, but also 
has a little bit of an attitude situation. She gets a little bit frustrated too visibly at times. And I'm not going to relive it all here. Just go to my Twitter from last Wednesday and you'll see what she did after missing two free throws late in the game. That would be two-handed shove the Bulls' Jeanette Arno. Then down the court, as if to top that, she tried to kick Emma Johansson and was called for a technical. And I'll give their coach credit, pulled her immediately out of the game. But my, my joiner had the stats and therefore was the freshman of the week. Eh. Don't know if you saw the next day after I'm sure a lot of people saw my video, more than 2,500 at last check, they did the whole mic'd up thing. Here's Maya Joyner, a little bit of an image boost. Anyway, let's move on. As Tyler Harris, who has been great for the men's team, hit 5-3, scored 21 in the win against East Carolina last Wednesday, and as a result was on the men's weekly honor roll. The player of the week, Jalen Cook, as Tulane went to Memphis and stunned the Tigers Memphis, as we told you on Around the American yesterday, one for six on free throws in the second half, three for seven in overtime. Whoa, that's a loss that eventually leads to them not making the NCAA tournament. Yikes, but Memphis will be looking to bounce back tomorrow night against the Bulls, and of course, we'll preview it for you on tomorrow's show. Coming up next, get ready to hear some softball and baseball interviews as those continue as we get close to those spring seasons beginning. Stay tuned. 